listen to The Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. everybody, it's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago. We're presented by the Chicago Wolves. We've got a ticket giveaway coming up a little bit later on this morning. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing terrific. Uh, can't stop the Hawks. Don't stop now, boys. Since Derek King has taken over as interim head coach, they have won four straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, these aren't teams that are uh, all of them uh, going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals by any means, but uh, they are they are stacking wins. Still have a long way to go as we're just taking a look at the NHL standings. The, the Hawks with twelve points as they're now five nine and two. Uh, they're seven points back of the second wild card spot in the West. Problem is they've got six teams to. There's the rub. Jump. Right? I mean. Uh... Interim GM Kyle Davidson said in his initial press conference when he introduced uh, Derek King that the math doesn't favor them. I mean, he's being very realistic. It, the seven points doesn't sound that intimidating if you consider that they can can you know keep improving and, and keep their winning ways going. Maybe not uh, undefeated streak necessarily, but when you have that many teams in front of you, you have to get a lot of help. You have to continue uh, winning games, and they you have to have a half dozen teams go the other way on you. So what's the biggest reason for this winning streak that the Blackhawks are on? 312-332-3776. Team seems to be a better mindset. They're not uh, fragile, as Derek King said when he when he took over. They're competing hard. Uh, we talked about the blueprint last week for success. Don't give up a ton of scoring chances. Ah, They got back to that a little bit mm-hmm. in that second and third period against Seattle on Wednesday. Get good goaltending. Certainly got that. For Marc Andre Fleury, that probably. was a goalie yeah, win on absolutely. Wednesday, and uh, they're keeping games close, and they're letting Kane and DeBrinket do their thing. I talked about it last week, I, I, and I actually we've been talking about it for for about a few weeks now. The ascension of Alex DeBrinket to not just an All Star, but to a superstar in this league, and I think his size has held him back as far as the way his peers maybe and the rest of the league looks at it. I also think the lack of success that this team has had since Alex has been in the league uh, hasn't put him on a stage where everybody's been able to consume him. But now that they are getting a chance to see him in year four and put up the numbers he's putting up, are, are, you, are you willing to say he's at a superstar level in the National Hockey League, or at least knocking on that door? I think he's knocking on the door for sure. And and we talked about it last week, too, though. Now, I mean, it was great that he got the Gordie Howe and that he's sticking up for Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane continues to feed him and keeps that dish going for him, right? Um, but we also talked about it last week that you need more than two. And it's just that, that margin of error, it's you know terrific that they've gone out and held teams scoreless in the opening period during this win streak, right? right. Because how many times, not only they fall behind, they fell behind in the opening seconds, right. not minutes, right. right? So you're not chasing the score, but you are, you know, Patrick King talked about the other night after the game, chasing the puck. You're up 3 nothing. You should be laughing at that win. You know, it should get a shutout, right? The Kraken is uh, struggling big time. 
And yet, all of a sudden, it's a game because you're given, you open the door and let them back in. And interesting to to what you just alluded to, Derek King said for a minute there, he said it was almost like they were falling in those bad habits that, you know, their mindset was like, uh oh, this is how we lose games, right? And, you know, right. All of a sudden, it's 3 2, and he talked about how. You know, you're you're getting the the old memories back, the old feelings of when they were losing hockey games. Alex DeBrinkett uh, has a four game point streak going, three goals and two assists in his last four games. Take a listen to what Patrick Kane had to say about his line mate Alex DeBrinkett the other night. He's just a special, special hockey player, you know, and um, you know he's just uh, he's a superstar in the making. He's already a superstar, but I mean he's just. Just a special player. Um, he's getting better every year. Um, all around the puck, um, his puck handling, his uh, his playmaking is getting better. Um, and then he's able to to step up like that when something gets um, when he doesn't like something uh, that's going on with his teammates and uh, and able to fight like that. So um, yeah, pretty special tonight. You referenced the Gordie Howe hat trick, the goal, the helper, and the fight the other night against Yanni Gord. Uh, Look, Yanni Gord is is no joke, no. and and I think you saw that at the beginning of that fight. Uh, you know, Gord was landing a few in there, and then he starts smiling midway through, and then Alex turned into somebody that I had not seen in in his first four years in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and Gord used to have, you know is used to having his way with the Hawks offensively too, right? right Putting right. up when he was with Tampa, so he he's probably thinking, okay, we might be losing here, but you know, I'm still. Yanni Gord, and, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little something. But, yeah, Alex, I mean, all of a sudden he was six inches taller, right? Yes. I mean, look, I, I, I love when guys, and, and this is, Alex has done this before. In Nashville a couple of years ago, he stuck up for, for Duncan Keith. I, I don't mind players sticking up for one another. In fact, you know, I, I think you need to have that, sure. especially if, if you want to be a successful team. I just don't like seeing... The two guys that I'm relying on for offense, and we said, like, who else is going to, to, to contribute besides DeBrinkett and Kane? I don't want to see Alex go on the shelf for three weeks yeah, with a broken hand. hand yeah, right. And, and, then, and then what's going to happen? But here, here's Alex on his fight with Gord the other night. He punched me in the head behind the net and then went after Kane and cross-checked him. So, you know, you go, after, you go after our best player, I think. Um, you know, we can't let that happen. So just decided to, to go. I don't really like to fight, but um, I will when I need to. Seems like you kind of like to fight. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. I'd rather be out there scoring goals. But, um, you know, like I said, when, when, when something needs to be done, I think um, you just got to do it. Seems like you kind of like it, though, a little bit, Alex. Just a little, just a little. Well, look, if, if, if teams realize or believe they can take liberties with Patrick Kane and, and there'll be no response, then, you know, you're going to have issues. Patrick Kane could be the, the guy sidelined with an injury. How about if uh, you are a hockey fan in uh, the year 2014-15? You weren't here in Chicago uh, watching the uh, the Blackhawks go to the Western Conference Finals in 14 and lose in Game 7 to L.A. or win the Cup in 15 against Tampa. You were in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, watching the Erie Otters. And on one line, you had Alex DeBrinkett, hmm. Connor McDavid, wow. and Dylan Strom. Whoa. You want to hear their numbers that year? DeBrinkett in 68 games with the Erie Otters in 2014-15 put up 51 goals and 53 assists. McDavid, 44 goals and 76 assists. Strom, 68 games, 45 goals, 84 assists. Did they ever lose a game? 
I don't. I don't know. I mean, now McDavid only played forty-seven games because because the he Oilers was on the fast track. Yeah, the Oilers yeah. said, "Hey, hey, why don't you come enough up of here? The, yeah. enough of this yeah. in Erie. Let's let's do it for real in the National Hockey League." But we'll get to see. McJesus on display tonight in Edmonton. Oh, we'll also get to see our good buddy uh, Duncan Keith, yep. who uh, is he's going to actually be in more of a top pair role as Darnell Nurse is on the shelf for three weeks. Broken finger, right? Yeah, for the Oilers. So uh, when you watch Connor McDavid, and, and in the last three weeks we had that where he went through four New York Rangers a couple weeks yeah, ago. That, uh, yeah, a week ago, last night, you know, it was uh, last Friday, we talked about it on the show Saturday. Right? And then two nights ago, he went through three Winnipeg Jets, and it's like, it's it's almost every night he's putting out one of these goal of the year type of, of performances. And I was joking around on the text chain with Carm uh, and some of the other guys, like, is he the most dominant player right now in sports? Because if you look at the National Football League, it's a week-to-week league. I mean, this year, try to find a great team. Right. You know, like Brady will look fantastic, yeah. and then he'll have a you know, Then Kyler, he goes to Washington, right? And then Kyler Murray will look great, and then he gets hurt. Yeah. And, and, you know. and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you know, he, he's had a rough month and a half. Got back to a little bit last week. Derrick Henry, and he gets in. Yeah. So, like, and then, look, I'm in my NHL bunker, so I don't get to watch a ton of the NBA. I have been watching the Bulls as of late. Um, but, like, I, I think you could make a case that Connor McDavid is the most dominant player in professional sports right now. Yeah, I mean if you look and and you know if you look at just not only the points he puts up but how he does it like you said one once or twice a week it's a highlight real goal where the whole league is buzzing about it. Um you know and Duncan Keith was trying to make jokes about you know well we set him up for that one. The other night, you know, it wasn't all him. The right, defense right. came a little speed through the neutral zone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needed it, but okay. Um, but yeah, it's there. Name me a dominant player in the in baseball. Start well, so, to start so, to finish. Carm mentioned uh, Jacob Degrom, but then he then you've got the injury factor right, yeah, as well. So right. like like everybody has their moments of dominance, but then can they and do it? And the pitcher it? does it every five days or so. That's right? true. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's as great as you can be. I mean, you go back to Jake Arrieta carrying the, the Cubs for the second half of that season, right? Right. That's terrific. But, I mean, do it night in, night out, and, and back-to-back games as a, as a player with the amount of ice time that McDavid gets. I mean, it's a different argument, I think. So we'll get to see Duncan Keith uh, back on the ice in in an odd uniform. It's going to be weird. That that That's always... When you're used to seeing somebody play in a jersey for, in this case, 15 years, it's always when they slip on that other jersey, you're like, okay, reality. Like, I know he's playing for Edmonton, but now I'm going to watch it for the next two and a half hours. And um, Mark Lazarus wrote a really good piece in The Athletic. He spoke to Dunks yesterday. And remember, Keith went to the Blackhawks and asked for this trade. Right. And, and it was really all about seeing his son, Colton, Um Duncan and his ex-wife uh, split several years back, and he's been living in Vancouver, his son Colton, who's now eight years of age. And they explained during COVID what they needed to go through last year just to get him to Chicago for a brief period of right. time. Yeah, getting across the border was no easy No, deal. no, right. it's a, it was a task in itself. His ex-wife had to drive four hours to Seattle she was not allowed to leave the car. Duncan had to fly somebody from Chicago to Seattle to get Colton. 
to then jump right back on a plane, bring him four hours to Chicago. And then he said it was weird. Like, you know, your kids change so much in those, uh, you know, from age four or five up until their, their teens. And, and so he was like, I don't even recognize this kid. So yeah. he's like, something needed to change. Now he's an hour flight from Edmonton. He's, Colton's already been to uh, the Edmonton and, and in the Oilers dressing room several times here in the first month and a half of the season. So it seems like, you know, like that, that made sense for Duncan Keith. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm happy for him on that level for sure. And also he's talking about now playing in a Canadian market. I mean, these guys, they have a good year in Chicago. Obviously, they've had tons of success and they were the toast of the town during the cup years. But in the lean years, they also don't get the criticism that you get north of the border. Now, there's not much to criticize about the Edmonton Oilers. They're in first in the West. So, but he's even hearing it a little bit about the ill-advised pinch, the turnover, yeah, the plus 15, money. 15 giveaways, and and now, I mean, played 26 minutes plus the other night, and he'll probably play, you know, 23, 24 tonight. But he has been averaging around 20, and that he's getting used to that too. So, again... He wasn't the same player the last few seasons with the Hawks, even though he was out there every night giving it his all and putting in the ice time. So it's, it does sound like they were being kind of diplomatic about saying the right things about his veteran presence in the room and just watching him go about his business, how you know, it helps young guys figure out, figure out how to approach their craft and all that. But um, it sounds like it's, it's not just trying to get used to new surroundings. It is you know, trying to... to play that high level consistently and at that age it, it slips a little bit so the hawks have won four straight do you think they can legitimately climb back into this playoff race three one two three three two three seven seven six what will you be looking for tonight in edmonton will you be looking at duncan keith will it be the mcdavid show or will you look to see the blackhawks upset the number one seed in the western conference it's all coming up next on the hockey show on espn 1000 you're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by the Chicago Wolves. Got uh, two four-pack of tickets to give away to tonight's game. I'll tell you in uh, just a couple minutes how you can get those ducats. Joining us now, how about this, Brian? The only player in hockey history to win the Memorial Cup, the Turner Cup, the Calder Cup, and Lord Stanley's Cup. He's the ringmaster. He is the ringmaster, 13th year as the Wolves GM. A team that's won now seven division titles in his first 12 seasons. Wolves general manager Wendell Young. Good morning, Wendell. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Quite a <laughs> introduction of, uh, of uh, teams I've been successful with. Uh, I always say uh, all those, I've been in the right place at the right time. I should be buying lottery tickets, I think. Because <laughs> it just seems like uh, I am... I've been blessed. I, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been lost on me. I know that uh, I've been in the right place at the right time, and just uh, uh, it doesn't seem right that I've been around so many winning teams. And you have 18 years in the NHL in Vancouver, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Tampa. Do you look back at that and, and say, how did I get through <laughs> almost two decades? <laughs> I mean, that game will take a toll on you. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, but I, I try to stay in shape when I played. And, um, you know, I was a backup for, you know, I realized what I was for the most part in the NHL. I was a backup, and I try to excel at that. And, uh, you know, I wasn't taking all the bumps and bruises in games. I was enjoying sitting at the end of the bench opening the door uh, part of my <laughs> career. So <laughs> I realized, but I, I, I also realized how fortunate I was uh, I uh, never thought growing up that I would ever have a chance to play pro hockey, never mind playing in the NHL. Jim Wendell Young from the Chicago Wolves joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Wendell, your team's off to an 8-3-1 and start. Uh, what are some of the, the big reasons why you guys are off to such a great start? Uh, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, you know, you got to have good players. We have a great coaching staff. Um, I think our, our big guys, our uh, veteran guys have really stepped up. Uh, uh, Smith, Podorowski, and uh, Nason, uh, they're a big part of our team. Our goaltending's been really good this year. Um, so it's a combination of everything. We've got a, we've got a, a good mix of older guys and, uh, and some prospects uh, that are playing really well in the first year. When you were sitting at the end of the bench opening up the gate, did you know you were going to have a, a post-playing career in a front office or behind a bench? Because you, know, you see in baseball so many backup catchers or guys, you know, they just they can observe all throughout their career and pick people's brains and and did you were you cognizant that that's what you wanted to do how did how did you get into being a front office guy i was always interested in the business side i was always interested in you know how the operations worked uh, right from marketing and you know selling of board signage and whatever i was always hmm. interested in that i ended up owning uh, part ownership in a couple major junior a teams also um so I, I saw the inside. I know, I know what was going on. Um, and if you look at a lot of the broadcasters and a lot of uh, hockey management GMs uh, in hockey, a lot of them are uh, goalies. I think I think more so we're analytical uh, by nature. We sit back and watch the game from either from the goal or from the bench. Uh, we've got the two best seats in the game. So we watch the game in a different perspective, I think, of uh, – of, of, we're sitting back from the action for probably half the game most of the time when we're playing uh, and we're analyzing. So, But I, I, I am shocked when I'm in uh, general managers' meetings or I run into people and I find out they were former goalies because it's, it's, it's astounding how many people uh, in hockey have been goaltenders. And let's face it, Wendell, you guys are also a little off because you're willing to stand there and try <laughs> to block uh, vulcanized rubber coming at you at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I try, to, I try to tell everyone I'm the, I'm the one normal one, but it doesn't seem to, to anybody believe in me. But but when you really think about it, you know, here I am. I got to stand in front of a puck coming 100 miles an hour, and that puck is is uh, very hard. And it's coming. I, I wasn't playing dodgeball. I actually had to get in front of uh, something coming 100 miles an hour. And uh, once I retired. Um, my first year after retirement, I was goalie coach for the Calgary Flames. In my first training camp, the pucks are just zinging in, and everyone can shoot hard. And it's just like I thought to myself, I don't have to do this anymore. And hence, <laughs> I, have, and hence I have never put on my equipment since the day I retired. Yeah, you know, never. <laughs> when, when you are as consistent an organization as the Wolves have been and continue to be, I know that your great ownership you know, starts there. And you said, you know, humbly that you've been in the right time but how how do you keep that consistency going with staff players for a guy who was even interested in the signage on the on the dasher boards back in your day um how do you make sure that everyone is doing what it takes to to continue to be a winning team i think you hit it right off the top it starts at with the ownership expectations 
Um, we're a first-class organization. We expect our players to perform uh, first-class. Uh, we're about people uh, first and foremost, and then uh, the player side comes second. So we want good quality people on our team. Uh, but like our standard is high. Like we, I make that very clear before the season starts with all the players. Our standards high. Our standard isn't just to make the playoffs. We shoot to win uh, a Calder Cup every year, and that's our that's our goal. And that's just, I think it's the standards we set here um, that we set, and uh, we sit back and uh, we want our guys to do that. And they will they'll be well aware if they're not holding up to standards, and uh, that's on and off the ice. And I always tell them wherever they go, they're representing uh, the Chicago Wolves. Uh, also off the ice, so we want good community people. But uh, and that usually, uh, you know, uh, falls into the dressing room. Also, once they're good people, you've got a good dressing room. You've got a good bunch of guys that will play together, and that's what we shoot for every year. Is uh, you know our standards very high. Big home game tonight against uh, Rockford at Allstate Arena. It's the Red Kettle game presented by the Salvation Army. We're going to give out uh, two four packs to tonight's game. Callers 10 and 20 at 312-332-3776. You're going to tonight's Wolves game. Uh, Wendell, the Wolves, you guys are a Carolina affiliate. The Canes are off to one of the best starts in the National Hockey League. How does their success impact your team, knowing that these guys could be in Chicago playing you know, tonight against Rockford, and they could be up with Carolina in a matter of a week or so, and and on a cup a potential cup run. Well, when a team's going well up top, they don't usually uh, pick players from your team. True. Uh, you know, when teams are struggling, they're usually trying to find an answer when they're struggling, and they're trying to they bring players up when sometimes when they're not ready to be called up, they're just trying to find answers up top. But it's much easier when your 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 top team is is winning. Uh, they're happy, which. Uh, you know, it comes down to us that they're you know it, they don't pull players up on us, but uh, having them having the winning uh, again that's a standard that is set in the organization. Uh, you know, it's set in Carolina and it's set here. So we have a one of the reasons we're together. We have the same mindset. We want to uh, we want to win, and uh, you know, at our level, we want to win and develop. And I think uh, if you win, you develop also, uh, and that's that's. I guess across the organization that uh, in that way, and then even when guys get called up, if there's injuries up top, they're they're walking into a winning culture and they're walking into a standard that's high. Rob Brindamore, uh, the coach, Donnie Waddell, the GM, they set a huge high standard there, and uh, that's what we have. So uh, that's why it works so well together. And talk about a high hockey IQ. It doesn't hurt to have a Harvard guy and a Winnetka native in Jack Drury. I mean, this guy, how impressive is that, that he was Harvard full-time classes via Zoom and also, you know, trying to make it through the Harvard season, and now he's doing great things for you guys. It's amazing. He's, uh, he's one of the smartest players I've seen. Like, that's some guys are really skilled, and but they're not cerebral enough, and they don't uh, see the game enough, but he, he understands the game. We don't have to worry about his positioning. Uh, he's well-taught. You know, he comes from good stock, and his dad, uh, Teddy, played uh, many years in the NHL, and Played, actually played for the Chicago Wolves also, so we have a father-son uh, duo that has uh, played for the Wolves. And uh, and his uncle is the GM of the <laughs> New York Rangers yeah. also, So in Chris Drury. So he comes from good stock. I think he's been taught well. Uh, but it's quite impressive when you have a student athlete that can actually play pro hockey and still go to go to school and carry a full load. Uh, that shows... Uh, 
you know, his dedication, his focus um, uh, of a kind of a person. Again, it goes back to the kind of person that we want in the organization. That's, uh, uh, you know, we want a good person with skill, and that's exactly what uh, what Drury is. Wendell, thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Good luck tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Pat, Brian, appreciate it every time. Thank you. That's Wendell Young of the Chicago Wolves. They're in action tonight against Rockford. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, Liam McHugh from uh, TNT. And we both look at inside the NBA kind of as the the gold standard for pre, post, intermission, in this case, halftime. And it's now that the hockey, uh, part of the hockey contract is with Turner, I wonder if it's is it intimidating? Is it what's it like to to be the hockey entity and you're trying to in a way emulate what the guys are doing on inside the NBA, but not copy them. You want to be authentic and 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 have your own style and uh, have your own show. But it, but you it, know but, the other the other shows in the house, and you know you know there are a lot of NBA games that don't live up to the hype. But that show carries it because people want to see the pre and the the halftime and the post with the with Kenny and Shaq and and everyone. So and and certainly Charles, who's a friend of this station. We'll talk to Liam McHugh from TNT coming up next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN One Thousand. You're listening to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Here comes the bricket, moving in with a shot. He scores! 2-0 Chicago as Alex DeBrickett beats Philip Rubauer. Seattle can't keep any sustained offensive pressure on Kirby Dock behind the net again. A beautiful pass up the ice to Brinkett. Corrals it and snipes. Outstanding shot by Brinkett, but a skillful play on the goal. Hard work in the defensive zone leads to it. Here's Larson with the puck. Shot blocked in front. Wants to skate at McCabe. Another block for the Blackhawks. Cleared out by Murphy. Here's Kurashev. Shot. Chicago. That was all part of the Hawks' fourth straight victory the other night, 4-2 over Seattle. Thanks to TNT for the highlights there. You saw Liam McHugh in studio. He's the TNT host for the NHL. And he joins us now on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Liam. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's a crisp autumn day here on Long Island. My kid's locked in a 1-1 soccer game. I'm outside. <laughs> It's beautiful. The Islanders are open their arena here tonight. It's a good day. Well, we appreciate you taking some time away from watching the kids play soccer to talk a little pucks with us. How are you enjoying your new team at TNT after you know a great run at NBC? And uh, as I've said, uh, obviously a little uh, bias here, but I, I think NBC certainly left the NHL in a better place than when they received it. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. We put a lot into it at NBC. Uh, you know, it's it was a great run. Uh, and to me, it was like, you know, really my first foray into working hockey full time. I got to work with some amazing people, and I still get to work with a lot of them. Obviously, I get to work with Edzo and Keith Jones, who we just heard from there on that, on that call. Uh, and now, uh, to move on to Turner, it just feels like there's a new and increased energy. Uh, I'm still doing the sport, but we're doing it a little differently. Uh, it's it's a little bit more fun, more spontaneous, a lot freer, 
And uh, I love this group because I feel like we can throw anything out there, bat it around for a while, have some fun. No one takes themselves too seriously, which includes the greatest hockey player of all time, uh, which is great that he, you know, Wayne Gretzky can be one of the guys and chirp at people. So uh, it's been a blast so far. And speaking of uh, the great one, it was great to see the cross-promotion when he and Charles were going one-on-one together to, to kick off the season. Um, but Pat and I were just talking about we were talking about before the show, too. When you have such an iconic uh, hoop show in, in, in the house and that's so long established and is the gold standard in broadcasting for pre and, and halftime and post, um, how much pressure do you guys feel? I know you want to grow organically with, with your crew, but um, do you feel any pressure knowing that you know the, the great ones are, are down the hall for, from you? You know, uh, personally, I don't. And, and I don't feel like the guys on set with me do either. Uh, you know, if if the idea was let's just make a show like that, I feel like everyone would have just done that already, right? It would have been like, oh, well, let's, just, let's just get that going. You can't just make that happen. Uh, I feel uh, like I put more pressure on myself than anyone else is going to to begin with. So I know at the end of the night whether I feel like we've had a good show, whether we've tried new things, whether we've taken some risks – uh, and the beautiful thing is that's what I want to do with the show. When I watched Turner, when I watched that basketball show, it felt like that's how I enjoy sports television. So now, while they're, I don't feel the pressure to do it as well as they do, the idea that I can at least go after it in that way, in that format, uh, it's liberating. Uh, so to me, the best thing about this is I tell uh, you know executives and producers ideas that I have, and they say, go ahead. Give it a whirl. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't, you know what? Maybe we have a good laugh on it. Uh, and, I mean, we've had that a bunch of times where something's falling flat. But the nice thing is, no worries about it. Like, if it winds up being something you laugh at me about, that you laugh at talk about, biz, ace, grets, it's, it, it, I don't know. It, it feels more organic that way. It feels a lot more natural. So, in that respect, it's been cool. Liam McHugh from TNT joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. You talk about the laughs in biz, Paul Bissonette of Spittin' Chicklets fame. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth, Liam. Uh, what's it been like to do a show with someone who is so unpredictable? You had Mike Milbury. He's a little off kilter every once in a while. You'd have to rein him yep. in. But biz takes that to a whole nother level, Liam. Very much so. I mean, at least with Milbury, I, I had a range of unpredictability mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there was like there was some predictability within his unpredictability uh with biz i really have no idea where he's gonna go uh at any given moment uh if his answer is going to be one word or if his answer is going to be like hey i forgot that we're not on my podcast and this isn't a show that i can talk for an hour right. on and all of a sudden we have to put a shot clock on air for him to finish his thought uh you know, and I love that because I think one of the cool things about the show is that there are oftentimes we sit at the desk, uh, it's the moments before the show or the moments before the intermission, and the guys look at me and they say, you know, oh, what exactly, what exactly are we talking about again? And I, you know, the beautiful thing is that Turner, I could say, don't worry about it. You'll find out in a second. The light will go on. I'll ask you a question and you'll go and we'll see where it takes us. Uh, and the nice thing is there is a freedom and a trust there where I know that I can throw something at these guys. And they're not going to give me a blank stare back. They're going to give me something interesting. And with Biz, they're probably going to give me something that I did not think uh, was going to be the response. And that's the beauty of him. And the other night when you put uh, Tockett into the uh, 
impromptu penalty box with the plexiglass. I mean, that that stuff, it's, it's funny, right? And and he's tapping on the glass to Anson Carter and like, you know, he's, get out of your car. And he's, I got, you know, just like he was yapping from a penalty box. It was terrific stuff. It was very entertaining. Uh, thanks. You know, and that's the cool thing about this place, too, is we have this pre-show meeting and we go through, uh, you know, most of the stuff top to bottom, but try not to dig too deeply. Uh, just sort of what will our analysts react to? What can we get the best uh, response from these guys? And our analysts are not in this meeting. Uh, I guess they're welcome to attend. We'd probably prefer that they don't so that we can surprise them with things like this. And we started talking about Rick Tockett. He's in the Flyers Hall of Fame. He just got in this week. Well, how do you honor a Flyers Hall of Famer? And I said, well, you know, to me, what distinguishes Rick Tockett in Flyers history is not that he was just a great player, but he's the all-time leader in penalty minutes for the Flyers, which really, to me. Which says something, like, right? Yeah. The Broad you, Street Bullies? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. You, that's like home, the all-time home run king for the, you know, the Yankees, basically. So people started from all angles of this meeting, from people who were – uh, interns all the way up to executives shouting out ideas of what we could do. And then someone said, hey, you know, uh, we got these COVID dividers in here <laughs> Looks that we're no longer using, but we'd like to put them to use. And it was like, oh, bullseye, you nailed it. Doesn't make a difference where the idea is coming from. Best idea, funniest thing, that's getting on. Liam McHugh from TNT joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. All right, so you got a, a up close and personal look at the Blackhawks the other night as they won their fourth in a row. And you asked the guys on the panel, and I'll ask you the same question. You know, they've dug themselves such a huge hole. Do you think they can climb back into this thing? I do. Uh, and I think they benefit from a few things. Uh, somewhat, you know, uneven start to by a couple of the teams in the division. Uh, Colorado, who's now turning it on in a big way and will get healthy and is going to get in. Uh, Dallas, I thought, would be better at this point. That, that'll help them. It is still mid-November. It's not over. There's so much talent on this team. I think the only way to get in, though, is via the wild card. Uh, and that means that these teams in California, a few of them that have surprised, they got to come back to earth. And there's a good chance they will. I think the Ducks probably will in the long term. Uh, and that Pacific Division needs to shape up the way kind of we expected it to where uh, three teams get in, maybe they don't get a wild card. Both the wild cards come from the Central. And if that's the case, I do believe in Chicago. Although I have to say, even in that win the other night, guys, I didn't love the fact that they got outshot so badly over yeah. the last two periods. And Marc-Andre Fleury basically had to be Hall of Fame Marc-Andre Fleury for them to win that game. That makes me a little bit nervous. But I'll tell you, you know, we spoke to Debrinket right after the game. And just the vibe with the team now. Now, granted, as you guys know, it couldn't get any worse. But there's, a, there's this feeling of relief and moving on, and maybe we play with a little bit more freedom. And I don't know. They're a fun team to watch. They've got to tighten some things up. They can't get outshot like they did in that game over the last two-thirds. But in the end, yes, I think they're right there competing for that final wild card. You know, Pat asked the question earlier in the show, is Connor McDavid, can you make the case that he's the most you know dominating player in any pro sport currently? Because... You see what he does night in, night out, and he's skating through teams single-handedly, and Hawks are going to you know, get a first-hand look at that as well. Um, what do you think when you start looking around and, and you know, the NFL doesn't even have a great team right now, let alone uh, a guy yeah. who shows up every week? Yeah, I mean, I think the closest you can get is you'd probably have to go NBA and start talking about uh, Durant or Steph. Uh, but again, there's, you know, there's debate within that, and I don't think there is debate here. You know, I think McDavid just is that guy. He's 0-100 in the blink of an eye. 
stand still to full speed. And more than that, you know, as you guys know, a lot of people can skate fast. A lot of people can process the game quickly. Nobody, I don't think, ever has played the game at this speed while processing the game at this speed. Yeah. He, everything's happening in slow motion while he's moving faster than everyone, think everyone else. And that's what's unique about him. I think you're right. I think he's the most dominant single athlete in team sports right now. And, and he's reason to watch. He really is. And he's driven. He wants to win. And unlike some other people, I don't think he should change his game or should attempt to change his game, nor do I think he should ever shut up about the potential of getting calls because that team is going to need to be on the power play in the playoffs to win some games. Uh, and I want to see him in those big moments. And he wants to be in them. He wants to play big games and wants to win those big games. Uh, he is as determined of a professional athlete in team sports as well. Take that, John Tortorella. That's a that's a sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just listen. I I love I love Torts because I find him like so compelling and so interesting. And truth be told, he made my job a lot easier over the years <laughs> because he always had something to say. So I hope he never stops that. But there's no way anyone went to Steph Curry or Kevin Durant and was like, "Ah, oh, you missed the playoffs. You, sh- you should probably change your game." <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Right. He would never do that. You've jammed a lot into your 44 years. I mean, you print. Broadcast uh, ESPN, the magazine, um, Newsday, Terre Haute TV. Um, <laughs> yes. Did you ever, you know, realize you'd be sit- sitting on a, a network desk for as long as you have and, and doing what you've been doing? Not, a, not at all. Um, and you know, I went to grad school with some people who were like, "I'm going to be a sports center anchor. I'm going to be." Uh, there are people I went to school that are like, "I'm going to be on nightly news. I'm going to be, uh, you know, a foreign correspondent." I was like, I just want to get a job at Steady. (laughs) And at that point, I'd gone back to school. I'd been in writing and been freelance. I'm not kidding. Really, when I talked to you, I was like, I just want insurance. I was like, I really, really like miss health insurance. It was great. I'd like to go to the doctor. Uh, And this has been a wild ride. And there are times I have to. And I I do have to stop myself and just appreciate it every once in a while. And I tell you, if you guys are Chicago, like one of those times was, we did the uh, Olympics in Sochi, came back from that Olympics. It was a whirlwind. I then went to Chicago to do the outdoor game between the Blackhawks and the Pens at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. And I walked on the field to open up that game as the snow was falling down and the place was going crazy. And you're wondering about what you're going to say. And you think about it. And I just stopped for a second, looked up in the crowd. And I was like, you know what? I cannot believe I'm here. This is incredible. And I, I think you guys know it, too. I mean, it's a lot of hard work to get. It's a ton of luck. There are a lot of people that want to do this, and there's a lot of good people that don't get the opportunity. So uh, I appreciate having that look. Well, Liam, keep up the great work. We appreciate you taking time away from the kids' soccer game. Did anybody score <laughs> while you were on here? Or is it still one I hope not, because no, my okay. kid's in goal, and he's, he's oh. living and dying with every moment here. So. Now, are you one of those? <laughs> are, are you a soccer dad that keeps it quiet? Like, you're not gonna, you're not over there going crazy or anything, are you? I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bobby knight this in about five seconds. <laughs> on the field. No, you'll never hear me. No. All right, Liam, thanks again for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take thanks, care. Liam. It's Liam McHugh from TNT. Does a great job. Did a great job with NBC. Was part of their Sunday Night Football broadcast as well. He's done quite quite a quite a, a wide variety of things over the years. He's probably doing play-by-play on the sideline. Yeah, right. right exactly. In, in my experience at, at kids' soccer games, the soccer moms uh, can let they can str- a string together some four-letter words that I haven't even heard those combinations before. <laughs> so uh, tonight, the Blackhawks are taking on the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get to see Duncan Keith uh, once again. And uh, 
there's this little surprise of who's going to start in net for the Blackhawks. We'll discuss that when the hockey show continues on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000 Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is Chicago's home for sports. The Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It's the Hockey Show. Rolling on on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Phone number 312-332-3776. When we are done, top of the hour, Chicago's College Tailgate with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. They're at Joe Daniels in Palos Heights. If you're in the Palos Heights area, stop on by to Joe Daniels and uh, hang out with the boys and get ready for a big college football slate. Our thanks to Liam McHugh from TNT. Enjoyed our conversation with him. Um, Saw so you had your Sparty uh, jacket on today. Yeah, yeah. Representing. When you're 9-1, and one, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to pull that one out. I don't think I'll be wearing it no, tonight or uh, like after oh, 3 p.m. Where's confidence? Come on now. Oh, they're going to get trucked in, uh, the shoe? in Columbus. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we, we talked about uh, taking on the Oilers. and Obviously, the number one seed in the Western Conference, and McDavid has been... Just fantastic to watch and dry sidle. Uh, you would, I would think, after a goalie win Wednesday night, we just heard Liam say, like, the one thing that he, he was, you know, a little leery about whether or not the Blackhawks can get back into the playoff discussion is they're still giving up from time to time Ooh. tremendous scoring chances and high danger chances to the opposition, like they did this. To Seattle, and you needed a Hall of Fame Mark Andre Fleury performance to get that victory, and we termed it a goalie win. So normally, you're going to play back-to-back games tonight against Edmonton, tomorrow against the struggling Canucks. You would think you would put your number one goalie in tonight against the better team. And by the way, Mark Andre Fleury's had two days off to to recover. It wasn't right. like you know even one day off. It's so yeah. I mean, I, I, and it, he's going with Kevin Lankin in tonight. And Kevin Lankin is a fine goalie, sure, but he's not you know the Vesna winning goalie who's who's turning in some really good games under Derek King and and has in the last week and a half just looked like the guy you traded for, right? Um, the the numbers from the other night and Liam mentioned it and we talked about it a little bit. I mean, it just that's what they have. Shots 30 to 11. The Hawks on the short side in, in the second and third periods. There was one point where Seattle had 10 consecutive shots to the Hawks zip. Um, 16 of 18. It was just an onslaught. And then Patrick Kane said it. it's not really a recipe for success, success when you're falling back to chasing the puck again, right? And, right? and making mistakes in the neutral zone. Now you're trying to backpedal and get in the D. And he said, and it was, you know, line after line doing the same thing. So, and Derek King did mention that maybe it's between the years sometime when things start going south, this team's still not, the, the, the terrible start is still fresh in their memory. But not only are you going to have to be clean that stuff up, you're going to, tonight is a great example. It can't just be uh, the Cat and Kane. Right. It, it, it can't be their show. I mean, that, that, that will be entertaining, but it's not going to be good enough. You're going to have to have other guys end up on the score sheet. And I know the, the Koopa League thing is, is really 
head scratcher, right? Oh, look at all the numbers and, and and where his confidence is. The good news is that Derek King sat him down last weekend and showed him clips and tried, you know, it sounds like he's tried to, to be more positive and show him clips of, of good shifts where he didn't score because he hasn't scored in 10 games. But where he's doing things right and, you know, he keeps saying it will come because he's a scorer. But good Lord, you know, scoring the first a goal in the first two games and then it's just crickets. And 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 making light of the fact that he always goes five hole and he's now swearing right. off the five hole. Well, you know his the, the man centering that line, the captain Jonathan Taves, is still yet to score exactly. this season. Um, you know, Doc the, is frustrated. I don't know if that slashing penalty is a, a byproduct of his frustration yeah. offensively. Uh, look, he started. Uh, Two of those goals the other night by uh, starting the transition game made a great pass to DeBrinket. That stretch pass that he made to DeBrinket was right on. Yeah. Uh, or was that? A, no, that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was that? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it was to DeBrinket on DeBrinket's goal to make it 2 nothing. So that was. So, yeah, while he hasn't been scoring, and to me, you know, he's one of those players as the third overall pick and who. A lot of people, you know, he comes, he's from Edmonton. And people, because of size, compare him to people like Connor McDavid. Now, look, Kirby Doc is not Connor McDavid. No, never going is. to be him. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's only one. Yeah. Uh, but could he be a consistent 30-goal scorer in this league? Could he be, you know, a 70-point? A Before the injury and the concussion and the wrist and everything else, you thought he's well on his way to oh, be that's that what they. That's what, where they selected him, that's right. what they were hoping for. And so I think he carries some of that pressure with him on the ice every night. But he's out there. He's got the lottery ticket right now. He's playing with DeBrinket and Kane. Mm-hmm. They're carrying this team offensively. Go out there, drive the middle lane. Do what Seth Jones did when Seth he's joined been, the rush. How, how he's been fantastic. He has been. I mean, that's the guy we were you know, hoping to see from the beginning. But the last seven games, he's using his size, his speed. He's in the right place. He's setting guys up. The, the goal he scored the other night, I mean, thank God. I mean, he looked at what you gave up and then the contract you gave him, and you're thinking there's got to be more there. And, and in the last seven games, there's been a hell of a lot. There, there absolutely has been a lot there to like from Seth Jones. So we'll see what happens as the uh, Blackhawks take on the Oilers tonight. It's a uh, 8.30 pregame show on NBC Sports Chicago. And then right back at it tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. They'll play uh, Tuesday in Calgary and then they're home for I think, uh, Thanksgiving. I think Kubalik, it's getting desperate enough where he needs to go talk to Adam Gaudet and get some of the uh, Tiger's Eye Blue or the dragon's blood sage okay a sage cleaning there the the cleanse um the the necklace with the crystals um because adam swears that it, it helps your confidence and, and you probably smell nicer with sage i don't know yeah well i would whatever kane and debrinket are doing I, that's what i would be doing <laughs> if they're wearing the sage and this and that i grab one of their sticks yeah grab one of their sticks and you know maybe the magical rub we off. saw jock peterson do it with rizzo's right in the postseason that's true yeah that's true our thanks to eric ostrowski who is a producer for this Fine program this morning. Thanks to Liam McHugh from TNT. And uh, our thanks to uh, Wendell Young from the Chicago Wolves. Get out there tonight. Red Kettle game. Adopt a dog at the Wolves. It's a great experience. uh, Fun for the whole family. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you next Saturday on the Hockey Show, right? Sounds like a plan. Coming up next, Chicago's College Tailgate with Black and Abdallah, Joe Daniels, and Palos Heights. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll see you next week.